0: You know, this is the time of year in all. We're having a lot of uh, reunions and homecomings and everything else to know. Uh, but when you start thinking about homecomings, all there's going to be a great one one of these days. And the name of this song is What a Day That Will Be. Town Haley Creek's got something special for us. I think. Might am ready for baseball season to be over. Amen. They all go to games and they can't talk. And they can't sing. <laughs> it ain't been too long since I sang, but I get to sing again. Uh, this morning in Sunday school, Alan was—he uh, done our Sunday—did our Sunday school lesson this morning, and he kind of throwed a little military tie in there too it that I hadn't ever really thought about. Uh, in the application, he kind of called it, it, says, True fellowship means you will restore the fallen, share loads of the burden, and encourage the weak. He uh, he come to and always oh, kind of military, you know, intrigues me a little bit anyway, but he was reading back on a Medal of Honor recipients. There were eight, eight military chaplain a Medal of Honor recipients. I thought I'd never really... I researched them out some, but I didn't. I didn't really think. You don't think about chaplains gaining a uh, Medal of Honor in the military, but it was. Uh, go back and research it out a little bit. There was uh, eight eight military chaplain Medal, Medal of Honor recipients who did those things: uh, restore the fallen, uh, share the burdens, and uh, encourage the weak. Actual on the battlefield, um, hard to do. Hard to do. Turn your radio on. Words back around here now. Come and listen into the radio station where the mighty host of heaven sings. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. on. Turn, your radio on, turn, your radio on. turn your radio on. If you want to hear the song that was lying coming from the land at the end of spring, get the touch.
1: Them sharing their talents for the honor and glory of the Lord and uh, appreciate them so much. They're not shy, but they might have used to be. I might have used to been, excuse me, and uh, get the past tense correct. Um, matter of fact, do y'all know somebody that you know that used to be shy? Maybe you're still shy. And uh, used to Caleb, I couldn't get him out from around Karen. I mean, latched onto her leg. And would not turn loose. And now he's up leading singing. And uh, so up there. But it always changes. Shyness is something you can be a natural introvert and learn to deal with shyness. You can learn to come out of shyness. There's nothing wrong with being shy at all. Uh, matter of fact, uh, it's, it's kinda nice to be around somebody who's quiet, uh, sometimes. Maybe you're around somebody who's not quiet. Maybe you're around somebody who likes to talk a lot, and they're not shy at all. And then you have people that, uh, it may be not, you know, loud or quiet, but do you know people that never meet a stranger? And, uh, they never meet a stranger. They're always friendly. They're always looking uh, to be outgoing to meet matter of fact some people get a lot of joy out of meeting somebody new and uh, running across them that's really uh, where the Lord wants to take you how can he according to the Bible according to there's a bunch of scriptures relating to this according to the Bible does God wants want you to share your faith yes. He does. You say, well, I don't know how. And I've tried through the years to try to equip you and give you tools, even if you're shy. We have an excellent selection of tracks, some really cool ones, not just uh there's, there's. I, hey, tracks are like preachers. Some of them are boring. Some of them are exciting. Some of them are very bland, and some of them very bold and uh and so i like a track you know you can a track can be designed just like a person and uh they can be quiet and loud or soft or hard or uh just plain or bold and so i like to grab something that'll get somebody's attention something that's simple maybe to pause to get them to think of course a scriptural track will contain the word of god and it will and that's it That's all you've got to do. Your job is not to win anybody to the Lord. Your job is simply to tell people about the Lord. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're supposed to win people to the Lord, but we're supposed to tell people about the Lord. And so I hope and pray that you won't be shy. Maybe that you'll take a risk. That's called faith, by the way. And the Bible says faith pleases God. Just taking a step, getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, if you want to remain the same the rest of your life, if you never want to uh, use something called courage, because courage and faith go together. Cour- that means courage is some. I may be nervous, I may be a little fearful, I may be a little scared, but I know this is the right thing to do. And I'm going to do it anyway. Our men and women in the military have uh, courage and courage says, I may, my heart may be going 90 to nothing, but I know it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to obey my commanding officer. That's all I'm asking you to do this morning is to obey your commanding officer. And that's Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. He's our intercessor. He's the, uh, he's our, in, he's the in charge person. And matter of fact, he did pay the ultimate price, didn't he, for our sins and your sins. Uh, All of our sins. And, uh, so let's stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. Read one verse in the Bible, and we're gonna, most of it will be just coming straight out of uh, Matthew 10 here. And so whether you have it in your hands, or you're looking on the screen, the Word of God says this. What I tell you in darkness, that speak you in light. And what you hear in the ear, that means whisper, that preach on the housetop father i thank you for your word that encourages us to not be shy help us to be bold in jesus name amen you may be seated thank you for reading standing during that like i mentioned uh just something a conversation that Robbie and i were having we were just visiting we were talking and that was his expression concerning a couple of verses there's some that are similar Romans 1:16 says for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the jew first and also to the greek and then Romans 10:11 says the same thing that it, to, to not be ashamed just not be ashamed and that means that i will admit that i'm a christian Baptism in the Bible is never done in private. Baptism is always a public ordinance. It's done before others and, uh, to come out. You can't, uh, now sometimes, now I say a public now if your, a church is on the run or if a church is underground or if a church is, uh, if it's illegal, you may not want to announce it to the government. (laughs) Just announce it to the church members and do that publicly and, uh, in the church setting, if you will. And so there's all sorts of situations concerning that, but, that's that's really what I wanted to look at for a little while this morning, and uh, to help you grow. Matter of fact, I ran across a, a neat uh, statement another church had. I've just kind of modified it a little bit. Some be, now we know what the purpose of a church is. The purpose of a church is to tell people about Jesus. It's an organization. If you have a bulletin, you put in. I put our church one of our purposes, or it could be summed up this way. Our church is to help move people to a growing relationship with jesus christ that 's the whole purpose you know some may say that uh, well, our purpose is to see people saved, but you can 't stop there because the great commission doesn 't stop there it in other words, and I liked somebody and i didn 't come up with it, read it or heard it somewhere to move people into a growing relationship with not just into a relationship with Jesus because there's more to it in it after you get saved you're not just supposed to stop you're supposed to grow after you get saved you and when you grow as a child of God you tell people about jesus so that's uh verse twenty seven is speak up what I call an opportunity to be light and notice here there's two passages or two sections to verse 27 it says what i tell you in darkness and what that means is is on the inside uh of a. they didn't have electricity obviously in jesus's day and so we're all gathered here in this house we're all gathered here in uh uh the We're not outside, we're in this house, there's no light, there may be a candle. or What I'm telling you here in our small group setting, you need to go out and tell other people. Because then, and even if with the Roman occupation that they were enduring, and a lot of the persecution that they were enduring, he said that, now notice this, that which you hear in the ear... Get up on the housetop. And what that means is, that's the same thing as go out on the front porch. In the Bible days, the way they designed a the house, matter of fact, this is <clears throat> kind of uh, brought to light in Romans, excuse me, Acts chapter 10. That's whenever Peter got the vision of the unclean stuff being let down in the sheet and he said, listen, Bible says that he was up there taking a nap. So naps are scriptural. So the preacher's up there, uh, taking a nap on top of the house. He says he, then he went into a trance, which means that he he started having this vision. And God was letting him know, since he didn't have a New Testament, God actually you know, spoke through Paul and Peter and gave them visions and let them see. They didn't have the New Testament then. It was still, matter of fact, they used Peter and Paul and all these people to write it. And they wrote it down. Dr. Luke, uh, the Holy Spirit, let him know about Peter's vision. And so we have a copy of it today. And he got that vision and he was up there and he heard that I don't need to be shy. I need to go tell it. And where was he at? He was up on a housetop. He was in, what do we need to do? We need to go out on the front porch, so to speak, and tell everybody, I know Jesus as my Savior. I love, I've accepted Him as my Savior. Speak it on the housetop. Tell people about it. And so that's what verse 27 is. That's what I call speaking up. Now let's talk about this next section dealing with fear. Verse uh, 28. It says, And fear not them which kill the body. But wait a second. I, I, I usually fear people that want to kill my body, okay? <laughs> fear, and so what, but it says here, but are not able to kill the soul. Then it says, but rather fear him which is able to both destroy soul and body in hell. It doesn't mean that we don't need, that we won't be fearful at times. What it means is, is there's somebody else we need to have a higher fear of. In, in other words, I may be fearful of Man, I, man, I just, uh, I get a little nervous talking to people, Brother Michael. I just get a little nervous bringing the subject of church up, and have you ever asked somebody, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever, you know, and you want to, because you're, but you know what, a lot of times you will find this out. You will find people appreciate being asked that question. That's generally, there's maybe five, eight percent of the population that might say, well, hey, and a lot of times, especially maybe the further north you go or the more metropolitan you go, you'll find people say, well, I don't like to talk about religious matters. But they'll talk, and that's whenever you need to uh, look for the opportunity to bring it up. Uh, look for the opportunity not to be fearful uh, and dealing with fear look for an opportunity to say something about jesus christ and so let's just look move on to the next verse verse 29 it says are not and then it's talking about worry and i'm scared i'm worried brother michael i'm i'm just a little nervous or not and he says are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall <clears throat> on the ground without your father which what this is meaning is that God knows everything. He keeps up with everything. And then, of course, this is a, verse 30 is a scripture that some of you might be offended by. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And uh, so if you don't have very many to count, you know, that you may take offense at that. But the Lord was just saying He knows every hair follicle in your life. He, he, think about that, the minutest detail, the smallest detail of your life, God knows about that. Which means this, if you're worried about something, God knows you're worried. <laughs> if you're concerned about something, He knows you're concerned. He will give you the strength to deal with it. There's a lot of things we worry about. Now, most people preach that worry is a sin. It is if we don't give it to Him. Now, worry is is kind of like uh, fear. Worry is kind of like fear. Worry by itself, just worry, is not a sin. Just like fear is not a sin. But if that fear keeps you from serving God that becomes a sin if worry keeps you from stepping out on faith or if worry is internalized and kept inside of you and you don't place it you're saying god i don't need you i'll deal with worry on my own god uh uh, i've got this i don't need your strength i won't take my worry and place it at your feet So therefore worry becomes a sin. That's when worry becomes a, worry is like fear. It's a natural reaction. Worry is something that's part of, a part of our, our fleshly makeup. There's nothing sinful about being here in this body but it's the what i do with it do i give my life to him do i give my fear to him do i give my worry to him so if you have fear and you don't say well i may be a little afraid but i'm gonna step out on faith i'm gonna i'm gonna express my faith i'm gonna speak up to somebody then your worry excuse me your fear has not become a sin you say i'm worried About my son, I'm worried about my daughter, I'm worried about my wife, and, but you know what? I need to take my worry, and I need to place it at Jesus' feet. I need to take my worry, and worry is just concern, concern that, and that, that you keep yourself. Worry is concern that you don't give to God. Worry is some, Worry is concern that you don't make a matter of prayer. You keep it. And then it becomes just like something that boils up inside of you. And worry becomes a sin because you don't give it to Him. And so He knows every aspect of your life. Um, If any of you watch a show called uh, Survivor, there's this fellow name of Mike Holloway. This is the fellow that won. He's from. He's real bold about being a Texan. He's from McKinney, Texas. And in the show I was watching, uh, I noticed on his back was a tattoo. It said uh, Psalms 121. There's a um, place you can uh, go. It's called google.com backslash trends. And you can go see uh, any phrase or word that's being looked up a lot on YouTube. During the month of April, that phrase, Psalm 121, hit, I mean, big time highs. He was walking around on that show and had that tattoo on his back. And I wonder what that means. You know what people were doing? They were Googling it. They were looking it up, Psalm 121. Psalm one twenty one. If you've forgotten, says my help comes from the Lord. I will look under the hills, from whence comes my help? And so, and then you know, and there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, athletes and stars. And have you ever seen anybody in in baseball or in uh, now the NBA playoffs are going? I'm a big basketball fan, and man, they'll win or they'll get a good play, and you'll see them. They'll be going. You know, and, and I think a lot of it's just trendy. I think a lot of it, you know, may, they may, and they may see their, their Christian athlete friend doing it, and they, they may say, well, you know, I may not be saved, but I thank the Lord for giving me this talent. And a lot of people speak up for the Lord, uh, by, you know, <clears throat> matter of fact, uh, Manny Pacquiao, who's a Filipino, just fought a big time boxing match, and, they interviewed him on this, uh, CBN, uh, network or whatever. And he really demonstrated his faith and, and talked about his relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and a lot of people will do that. But most of the time they leave it very generic. Uh, because maybe they're, maybe, I don't know. There's no way to know people's relationship with the Lord. All you can do according to the Bible is be a fruit inspector. You say, well, they, they say they're a Christian. But their mouth, but they really don't ever go to church. Or they say they are Christian with their, you know, I've heard them say they go to Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church, but did you just hear what they just went off on someone and they just, they were saying all kind of filthy language and something like that? You know, that doesn't match up with Christianity in the Bible and they go to Promised Land? Oh man. And so, is our Christianity shallow, or is it even there? Well, anyway, he ended up winning. And uh, Jeff, uh, the host of the show, said, Well, what do you attribute this to? He said, Well, I attribute this to Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and shed His blood for my sins and yours. I'm like, Whoa, that wasn't generic. <laughs> He just didn't say, I thank Jesus, or I thank God. He preached the sermon, and of course, Jeff said, I'm not discounting what you said, but what do you really attribute your win to, or whatever? And uh, so then he went on to say, well, yeah, I, I'm thankful for this, da-da-da-da-da. So, but that takes courage. He spoke on the housetop. <laughs> he spoke on the housetop. And he, you know, there's one thing, and again, I want you to be bold. And if you say, you've struggled being bold and you struggle with fear, it's okay. That's part of life. That's part of just getting, and, and a lot of people, you can be bold about, I mean, all kind of stuff. A lot of people are bold at ball games. Amen. <laughs> they get bold and loud man, I love and I love it. I love you know I've seen some i've I've picked at Keith before, and uh wherever Keith Irwin's at, and uh there he is. I pick at him he's you know he struggles with being subdued at <laughs> at ball games and you know I pick at him and but you know there's nothing wrong with that. I like excitement, I like you know that's what I paid my money to get in here so I could yell at the referee. I want to yell at the referee, I want to yell at the umpire. You know that's what I paid my money for to get in here so I could do that. But at the same time, let us say, let's just stop back and think: Could I? Could I? Could I? Be as bold with our faith? You know, just just think about it. Could I? And you say, well, obviously, you can't. I don't need to go up to somebody. Caleb, you need to be saved right now, brother. You know, that might, uh, drive more people away than, you know, at a ball game, that kind of volume might be okay. But so we gotta think smarter. Then, so, hmm, how can I share my faith boldly? On my front porch, so to speak. On my housetop. And dealing with my fear, so it's there. The next verse 32, what I call Don't Be Shy. In this section here, he says, "...whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven." Verse 33, "...but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven." Now, what this section is talking about, what I've called don't be shy, what this simply is talking about, you say, well, does that mean that if I ever say I'm not a Christian that I'm automatically going to hell? No, it's what it's saying is, is that if you won't confess me, you're probably not saved. You probably don't have a relationship with me because I'm not in there. Because if you're saved, what will happen is when you have an opportunity and you take it, God will give you boldness. Even if you mess up, a lot of people say, I don't know what to say. I'm going to mess up. If I speak up, I may mess up. Well, God would rather have you speak up and mess up because His Holy Spirit can take what you say. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. We're just saying, all you got to do is say, I'm a messed up Christian. And people say, I know you're messed up. You're a Christian too. You're a Christian too. Yeah, I, I am. Admit to it. I'm a, you know what that means? I'm a Christian who makes mistakes. I'm a Christian who I, I'm a Christian who falls on my face sometimes. I literally have fallen on my face before. And uh so in and, and all of the above it's okay. And God doesn't want perfect Christians. If you're perfect he he can't use you because if you're perfect nobody can identify with you. <laughs> Because they're all messed up too. The world's messed up. And so what better thing than have a messed up Christian? I'm only here because of his grace and his forgiveness. I'm only here because I'm a messed up Christian too. And if somebody is a horrible backslidden Christian and, 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 or you know somebody that's out in the Ashley County here and they're just so horrible that you say they didn't not they, there's just, they need the Lord. They need to come to church. They need you as a messed up Christian to tell another messed up Christian or a lost person where to find forgiveness, where to find grace, where to find an answer to the problem. And when they die, are they going to bust hell wide open or will they have an opportunity to be saved because you spoke up and you said something? So don't be shy. Matter of fact, uh, Acts chapter thirteen and verse forty-six. Just real quick on some of these scriptures. I'm talking. This this is talking about boldness. These scriptures here. Boldness. This this is pretty cool. I like the way this is phrased. Not only here, and we're going to go to Philippians. Acts thirteen, verse forty-six. Says then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. That just means increasing. That it was and said it was necessary that the word of God should have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you, judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Basically, they were what it means is in verse, here in verse forty-six and. Apparently I forgot to put it in my slides and I keep those guys on their toes. And, um, but it says here basically he's saying, I'm preaching to, they were preaching to some Jews and they said, we, we got courage. We waxed bold. And the more they spoke, the more courageous they got. And the Jews said, I don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. He's not the Messiah. He said, well, then we're going to the Gentiles. And that's what they, their courage. We're able to speak up and then turn to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 14. This is pretty cool. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 14. The word of God says this. And many of the brethren in the Lord, many of the brethren in the Lord waxing, increasing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the Word of God, or the Word, without fear. Which means this, uh there may be someone here. <clears throat> I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's somebody here that's just waiting on you to speak up and be bold. They're not witnessing because they've never seen you witness. There's somebody watching you. Somebody's watching you. It may be your child, your grandchild, a friend, and they're they're looking, and they're, they've never told anybody about Jesus because you've never told anybody about Jesus. Paul here, according to this verse right here, because they were watching Paul, people said, you know, if Paul is so bold, he's willing to preach, and it landed. By the way, he's writing this from prison. And it landed him in prison. Then notice what it goes on to say. Look at verse uh, 15. So, you know, there's some people, let's just fly through here. Some people preach Christ even in envy and strife and some good, in other words, people preaching Jesus for different reasons. And verse 16, There's somebody, the one, preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, which means this, proclaiming, hey, you know that Jesus, uh, Paul served him and look where it got him. Paul gave his life to that, look where he's at. And they were just making fun of Paul. Preach just means proclaim here. Notice the next verse. And then it says, but the other, talking about other people, are preaching of because of love knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, in other words, in any way that's preached, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice and will rejoice. You know, I hear somebody in the public, and they're talking about Jesus, and they're saying, uh, and they may belong to a, a Methodist church or a uh, uh Pentecostal church or some other church and, and they maybe, <clears throat> uh, have a different view of the gospel than I do. But if <clears throat> we live in a country right now where this book is being attacked, is being maligned, is being called out of date, and there's people here that whether they be different face or different things and, and they're fighting for freedom to preach. Just freedom to say that sin is wrong, and some people there was a person said the other day that uh it's kind of neat speaking of just standing for being having freedoms and and different things and uh and I'm all for freedom, and I'm all for freedom of speech that's a matter of fact, our country was founded on Christian principles, and that's found in god's word you know and <clears throat> that there's somebody was saying the other day we were talking about this homosexuality issue. And, uh, what does the Bible say about it and different things? And of course, one of the things that's landed in the news here lately, talking so about being bold, is that there are certain Christians that own, have owned bakeries. And, uh, and they'll, uh, there will be a homosexual couple come along and say, uh, they'll say, we'd like to make a cake for our wedding. You know, a man and a man, we're getting married. And we want this Christian bakery, this bakery owned by a Christian family, a couple, to make us a cake. And they refused. A lot of them have. And of course come under fire and lawsuits and therefore some of them have been run out of business. And I appreciate their stand and then somebody says, uh, well, let's, let's flip that around and some people will say, well, you know what? If we're going to pick on the sin of, uh, <clears throat> homosexuality, we also need to pick on the sin of, uh, of living together or sex outside of marriage or something like that. And say, well, if somebody comes into your bakery, you owned it, and you refuse to make a cake for a, a homosexual couple, would you refuse to make a cake for a couple that's living together? Or a couple that's uh, uh, having relationships, sex outside of marriage? And I said, well, yeah, I could, but you've got to compare an apple to an apple. See, the one couple's asking me to cake, make a cake to celebrate homosexuality. If they asked me to make a cake and I own the bakery and the cake said we love sex outside of marriage. Would I make that cake? See that's the thing that's comparing an apple to an apple there. Because but the thing is sin and that there's you can't always say sin is sin. A lot of people erroneously and you say that in error. There's no such thing as just sin is sin because in sometimes the Bible sin has death penalty. Sometimes in the Bible, sin just has restoration as the punishment. So there's different levels of punishment in the Bible for sin. The only time sin is sin is whenever you're saying we're all sinners. That's the only time that applies. Okay? But there's different levels of punishment in the Bible. So some sins are greater in the Bible than in other places. I don't know if you all know that, but that's true. So you can't always say, well, sin is sin. That's wrong. The only time that apply only, only, only time that applies is saying everybody sins. So you tell a white lie, you're just as much as a sinner as a murderer. And you need God's forgiveness, you're going to wind up in hell. Not because you told a lie, but because you did not accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Back to the standing uh, for the gospel and standing for truth and being bold. Not only sharing your faith, realize this. Realize this. Being bold means this. That I can walk up to somebody that's a homosexual. Here in Hamburg, I can walk up to somebody that's a homosexual. I can walk up to somebody that's living together. I can walk up to somebody that's got a beer in their hand. I don't care. I'll walk up to them and tell them about the Lord. And tell them that Jesus loves them. And I'm, I'm your friend. You can be a friend. Matter of fact, the Bible says to love them. Did you know that? The Bible says to love them. Yes, hate the sin, but love the sinner. That's, that, I think, sometimes takes more boldness. More boldness to say... And even Jesus say, well, the Bible says don't condemn. No, no. you Or, excuse me, don't judge. Well, that's not judging. It would be kind of like... A, Somebody was drinking, and, and I said, uh, you're drinking. He said, don't be judging me. I said, are, are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, not, that's a fact. <laughs> that's not, I didn't even say anything else. I said, you're drinking? Yeah, that's not judging. Judging is making a presumptuous uh, verdict upon what's going on in their heart or they've got to be thinking this, or they've got to be doing this based upon a presupposition. That means having your mind made up without even knowing anything. And a lot of people make up their mind about something and never talk to somebody. Never have the courage, the boldness to go up to them in brotherly or Christian love and say, I'm concerned, man, can we talk? And see, that takes boldness, that takes courage. Still standing against the sin, but not against the sinner. Well, that's under, don't be shy. Priorities, real quick. Verse 34, back to our text. Doing great on time. Y'all stayed with me really good. Verse 34 says this. It says, uh, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. This is, if it's in your Bible, it's red letters, uh, and it's in red letters in mine. And then it says, I am come, to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In verse 38, which really kind of brings it all home, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. It is one of the most awesome passage or misunderstood scriptures. It's talking about, you know, what do you, what do you mean I have to hate my kids? I have no what it's saying is is that you're willing and you have the if you have the courage to confront your family. Can you be bold enough to say Can I speak to my brother, my dad, my children? Can you be bold enough? And it says, it's not worthy of me. It just means that you don't consider me valuable enough. You don't consider the Lord valuable enough to speak up even in your own family. And a lot of people, a lot of people, when it comes to faith, when it comes to church, will choose family over Him. Him being Jesus. And a lot of people have lost their family because they chose the Lord. And the family didn't understand that. And that's a tough call. We're really not in that situation, especially here in the Bible Belt. So I ask you as we prepare for a hymn of invitation, would you be bold enough to take up your cross and follow Him? Would you be bold enough to... Say, I'll stand for the Lord. I'll stand up. I'll be bold. I'll put a little sign up there that says, you know, our cross, wear it or carry it. Which means this, if, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having a cross and cross pin and cross earrings and cross necklace and a cross t-shirt. But there's a big difference between wearing a cross and carrying a cross. Carrying a cross means I'll be bold enough to speak up. And the shirt doesn't have to represent me. My life will represent me. You'll be bold with your faith. You'll stand up, speak up. You'll tell people about your Jesus, your Savior. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the time that we're able to be here this morning. Help us to be bold and help us not to be shy. In Jesus' name, amen.